Welcome back. Welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III. I'll be your host, your guide, and maybe even your mentor for this next little while on this journey to do exactly what the name implies, and that is to assist you in going further, faster in what you want to make happen. And as always, even and especially on this episode, I'm going to give you something to do because knowledge is only potential power. It's stored information. So I'm going to give you something to do on this subject today that is going to be very, very valuable to everybody, especially if you're seeking to have more success in your life. And the topic today is, oh gosh, what is it? I can't remember. Oh yeah, it's memory. So grab a pad and a paper and uh, something to write with, and you're going to need it because I'm going to share with you some things to do to improve your memory, to step up your success. I will be right back in just a few moments. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. I am delighted and excited to share with you this information and more specifically what to do about this information that you're going to get today. And that is how to improve your memory. Because without question, having a strong and safe and reliable memory is critical to your success in going further, faster in life. Whether it is remembering people's names, remembering what to do, remembering data and so on and so forth, it is critical. And I'm going to start off by saying this, that you cannot throw a rock on the internet without finding some information or some research about memory. And there is tons and tons of, and I certainly did my share of looking through it. And so I want you to consider what I'm going to share with you today. A is just being, we're dusting the surface of research. And I want you to, I want you to look at what I'm going to share with you today as at the very least, a second opinion and something that you can do. And the statistics and the things that I'm going to talk about here today, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to go look up your own research and you can find stuff and you can look at it. So at the very most, I'm going to be oversimplifying things today so that we can get quicker to that much cherished what to do about it. Because if you've been around me at all, you know that I always say that, that it's what we do that makes the difference. Changes in ourselves, changes in our lives, changes in everything. It's not what we know. And having said that, let's get started. So let's start off with what is memory? And again, this is uh, the 50,000 foot overview of, of uh, things, as well as the oversimplification to do what I always call LCD. And that is to be able to, I call it the lowest common denominator so that even a third grader could understand this stuff. And let's talk about what memory is. And again, with all of the, there's tons and tons of, of uh, uh, different definitions uh, that describe what a memory is. And mine that I'm going to use, and you might want to write down, write this down, that the memory is just the ability to retrieve stored information slash data slash experiences, whatever it is. Your memory is your ability to, uh, to retrieve what has been stored in you because everything that we've ever touched tasted, smelled, experienced with all five of our, our senses in our entire lives is stored in our other than conscious mind. It's in there somewhere. Kind of like your hard drive on your computer, on your phone. Everything that you put into that thing is there. The difference between us 
and a piece of hardware such as your computer or your cell phone is that thing has instant retrieval, instant memory if you type in the right data. You know, I, I have a Mac and I have something on there called Time Machine and some of you do as well. And if I type in the right date and I want to see what that what I was doing on that day, it can go back to that exact date to the down to the minute and tell me what's going on in there. Human brain, not so much. The human brain, obviously, unbelievable capacity for, for memory and unbelievable capacity for, for being able to uh, uh, connect those, those things together. However, our ability to retrieve that information is not like that of the computer. As a matter of fact, if you look at your computer and you look at you, look at the human being, less than one-tenth of the, of, uh, sorry, one-tenth of uh, the ability of a computer that we have as a human being to be able to do that. Meaning that 90% that of the time, we cannot remember all and everything in our brain at any given moment. And so having said that, if we look at, uh, at everything that we ever touch, taste, and smell is in our brain somewhere, what is our ability, how can we improve, how can we improve our ability to tap into it and step it up? Because there are people that have what you call photographic memories and absolute and unbelievable memories. I know, I'm sure you know of people that do that. I've seen people, and by the way, you can go on YouTube University and just look up photographic memory. And you'll see these unbelievable people who can retrieve just something that they saw when they were a kid. There's a friend of mine is Dr. Jerry Tennant. We're going to have him as a guest here. He's a brilliant, brilliant scientist. He was one of the pioneers, one of the inventors, if you will, of LASIK surgery. And he told me, he says, Joseph, uh, before I had my my uh, mental challenges, because he went through some things, I had a photographic memory. If you ask me what was on page number 53 of a book that I read 10 years ago, I could tell you. I find that mind boggling to say the least, but this was that does exist, which means that if it exists in one person at, at that degree, then obviously we can do something to at least get closer to that. You'll understand that as we go on. Now, Beings at memory, at least in this man's definition, is the ability to retrieve stored information. It's all stored back there. And then the question is, okay, is all memory the same? And it is not. And again, there's reams and reams of different types of memory and so on and so forth. But today we're going to look at the two main types of memory, and that is short-term memory and long-term memory. A long-term memory is that the memory, obviously, as the name implies, things that have happened a long time ago. And it is with you and stays with you. And it is something that no matter how old you get, you're going to remember back to this specific thing. Short-term memory means it's what happens, has happened just a little while ago. Do you remember what happened just a little while ago? Short-term memory is, I know I've done this until I learned how not to do it. Uh, and I still fall, fall off on this, by the way. And that is have you ever done this? Somebody has said, hi, my name is Dave, you know, and they get to talk and everything. You meet somebody, you learn their name. And five minutes later, sometimes even two minutes later, you can't remember their name. Or somebody gives you directions for something and you can't remember it. Your short term memory. And, and in that time, you're going, gosh, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong with me or, you know, my memory must be waning. I, there's something going on with me. Well, you're going to understand here in a moment that there is something that you can do about it. Short-term memory are things that most of us rely on, and we use that as an example of how the health of our memory. Now, 
both are affected by two things, two main things, meaning affected by, uh, meaning get strengthened and get embedded into our nervous system and our ability to retrieve them by two things. Number one is repetition. That's a no brainer no pun intended. You do something over and over again. You say something over and over again. You see something over and over again. That is going to stick in your unconscious and your conscious mind both deeper than if you hear something once. One of the uh, papers that I wrote, my thesis when I was in college, was on the effect of repetition on the human brain, specifically auditory repetition. And I did an experiment and I went to, I live in California here. I went uh, just a few miles from where I'm, I'm, I am now right now, a place called Anaheim, California. And there's this wonderful place. Matter of fact, they call it the happiest place on the planet, Disneyland. And I went there and there is a ride that if you've ever been there, matter of fact, I'm going to start it off and you will finish it if you've ever been there and been on this ride. The ride is called It's a Small World. And so here we go. It's a, and I bet you can remember the rest of it instantly. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. Now, the reason I share that with you and the reason it's in you, if you've been on the ride, you know that it's there. And the reason it's with you for the rest of your life is the second thing. Number one, I said it's repetition. Obviously, like I said, you do something over and over again, it's going to stick with you. But the next is what we call S-E-E, significant emotional event. The more emotion that you have attached to the time that something happens, it doesn't take a lot of repetition. There are things that have happened to you once in your life and you remember it for the rest of your life. Maybe somebody said something, maybe somebody teased you, maybe somebody bullied you or something happened, you fell in love or whatever that you remember for the rest of your life because you had an intense amount of emotion and that locked it into your unconscious mind. And so on that ride, the ride is basically 10 minutes long. If you haven't been on the ride, you get in this boat with a bunch of people. Now, consider your emotion at the time. You're on the happiest place on the planet. Now, it took you an hour and a half in the line. But when you get on the boat, it's only 10 minutes. And when you get on the boat, you get in there and there's these puppets and these marionettes and, and you're in with a you know, bunch of people, your kids, your, your family and a bunch of happy people all over the place. You're all jacked up on sugar from eating the candy cane and or candy, cotton candy and the candy canes and all that stuff. So your emotion is riding high and they start out. And from the time that you start to the time that it's in ending. 10 minutes later, you just hear that theme over and over again. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. So that by the time you're at the end of that ride, 10 minutes later, it's in your bone marrow. <laughs> it's with you for the rest of your life because you had an emotional event while you were doing that. So those two things, you can just repeat something over and over again, which by the way, is why people have such a hard time remembering things or studying because their emotion is low when they're studying. If you allow yourself to get excited and joyful and raise those eyebrows up and, and, uh, and allow yourself to ex especially joyful emotion, you're going to remember it much, much deeper. Now, we have how we access that memory. By the way, let me, let me talk. I didn't, I didn't say this at the top. Let me talk about the concept of what memory really is in conjunction with what I said, the ability to retrieve stored data. Now, if you're looking at me, you're seeing my fingers come together now, and you're seeing come apart. To dismember means to take apart. 
To remember means to put back together. Dismember and remember. And again, I know this is an over oversimplification, but you're going to find it useful here in just a moment. And so what are we putting back together? And I want you, again, to look at it from a simplistic standpoint. Everything you've ever touched, tasted, and smelled, whether it's short-term or long-term, is right there stored, and it's stored in your other-than-conscious hard drive, <laughs> your other-than-conscious mind. Your other-than-conscious mind is responsible for your heart beating, for your, your, your cells to, to divide, for your hair to grow, all of those things without you ever having to think about it. You are not conscious of all of those things that are going on. You're not conscious of the things that are in your unconscious mind that you just learned or that you learned from a long time ago, but it's going on all the time, much like your operating system on your phone. Your conscious mind is what the name implies. You are conscious. You are aware. You're a cognitive, cognizant of what is going on right now. And so if you hear somebody's name, first, it is in your conscious mind, and it does not make the journey into your unconscious mind unless you do something about it. It actually does, but it doesn't do that. It doesn't make that connection unless you do something about it, unless you remember it, unless you put it back together. So from a simplistic standpoint, if you look at the remembering is just the connecting, reconnecting of your unconscious mind to your conscious mind or vice versa. Take, for instance, you can't remember where you, you left your keys. And, and by the way, wherever you put your keys down is stored in your unconscious mind. Now, you think about it. You're looking all over. You cannot find your keys. And by the way, you're probably saying to yourself, I've lost my keys. Why have I lost my keys? I can't find my keys. I don't know where my keys are. That alone is going to actually start to push you away. That's a whole nother thing that we can talk about later. But that's a whole nother thing that's actually going to convince you that you can't remember it. We've all done that where you've looked for something and you can't find it, you can't find it, and you go back to the same place again, and there it is. Because you've been telling yourself you can't find it, you actually create a scotoma, a blank spot in your mind. But what happens when you finally find your keys? What do you do? You go, oh, yeah, this is where they were. Which means that you reconnected, you remembered, you reconnected your unconscious mind to your conscious mind and you go, oh, and here's the interesting thing. When that happens, what do you have? You have an SEE, -E, a significant emotional event. And what that means is now every time you lose your keys, guess what you're going to remember? Oh, yeah, I put them down over here. I remember when I left them there. And so that's the way the memory works. You do that over and over again. And so the trick, the object is, is to train ourselves to have an emotional event to do something, whether it's through repetition or uh, an, a high emotional event or both, so that we improve our memory. Now, this is not to discount things like age, what, we, what I, I uh, label as mental illness not mental health. Mental health is the health of your thoughts. Mental illness is the health of your or the condition, the physical condition of your brain. And that is affected by several things. TBI uh, I, I, or, uh, or TBI or alcohol or drugs. TBI is, is traumatic brain injury. Something has happened to your brain or maybe there's alcohol or there's substance abuse or something that's going on in that brain right now that is affecting its ability to function the way that it does or the way that it could, should. And so this is not to discount those things. Those things are real. 
the advent of, of uh, a lot of things in our lives has caused us to have, let's just say, mental health and mental illness issues. One of the studies that I, I found, and it, I wasn't surprised, is that over the past 100 years, there has been a 22% decline in our ability to remember throughout time or throughout the ages of these people through time. And they, there's plenty of studies that are done, done on that. And one of the things that they talk about, which is one of my pet peeves, if you will, is let's talk about what happened a little less than 100 years ago. Matter of fact, yeah, I want to say seven years uh, less than, no, no, right now this is 2022. So I'm going to say uh, uh, five years less than 100 years ago. There was something that came into existence and that, in my opinion, has, has and still is been the greatest influence, I shouldn't say greatest, the biggest influence on human beings with regard to how we intake information and what the effect of that is of anything since the dawn of time, and that is television. The first television show came out in 1927. And in 1927, human beings started doing something that they never did before. And that is that they used at least, they used actually all five of their senses, but the ones that were the most, the ones that we use the most to access our memory, we allowed television to occupy them. And that is our visual and auditory sense. And that's how those are the two senses that we intake information with the most. And remember, what we intake is what we're going to remember. What we intake is what is going to get stored. Now, without exaggeration, there, there is a such thing as information overload, stimulation overload. And what happened in the very beginning, of course, in 1927, there were only probably only one television show. But as time went on, I remember that, you know, when I was a kid, I, by the way, I'm old enough to remember when there was no color television. It was black and white television. Back in the olden days, there were only three television stations and they all started at like eight o'clock in the morning and they went off the air at like 10 o'clock and then midnight and they didn't come back on until the morning. You might remember if you go back and take a look that there was a test pattern. Looked like a bullseye that was on there. Now, why am I sharing all this stuff with you? Because throughout time, the thing that is uh, that has taken up most of our attention now are our screens. Television has graduated into now. It's endless. It never stops. It never stops. You can, and we, I know I've done it as well. We can binge watch stuff. There are a thousand different television shows. Plus there's YouTube, plus there's Instagram, plus there's, there's TikTok. There's all of these things that do what they occupy our time. And what they do is they take the place of the function of the brain having to think. We've turned into somewhat of an information or entertainment society. And what that means is, is if that is doing the work, then guess what you don't have to do? Then you don't have to think. Then you don't have to remember. It's there. As a matter of fact, yeah, right now, if, if I want to right now, if I saw something, and, and which I do all the time, I see something and I want to remember it, I will literally get out my, and I'm watching YouTube or I'm watching, I will take a picture of that because my brain doesn't have to do it. Now it's on my phone. It's stored on YouTube, your history, everything is there for you. So you don't have to use that brain in the way that it was designed to do that. 
Now, remember, we have conscious and we have unconscious memory. So even even all the television shows that have been put into you and all the entertainment and all the commercials and everything and all the stuff that you've seen is in there. There is so much of it. It is literally impossible for you to be able to go back and remember all that stuff. And plus, we let ourselves off the hook by going, it's stored there. If I want to find it, I can go do it again. I can key search something on there. My memory has been annexed out of me into a device somewhere. The danger of that is, yes, over these last hundred years, there is, like I said, 23% decline in memory. And again, this does not take a, 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 a this is not uh, discounting the fact that there are things like Alzheimer's and, and things like that. And even those things, uh, there are, they, uh, a lot of people are saying they're contributed to by our diets and, and so on and so forth. So we're going to take a break here shortly. And when we come back, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to talk to you about what to do about all that we've said, because if you've been listening to me for the last little while, you're going, oh, wow. You know, I've watched a lot of television and, and my memory isn't so great. What can I do about it? Which is the promise at the top of the show, what to do about it. So grab a cup of coffee or grab something or uh, whatever you need to do for this next couple minutes or just sit and listen for a moment. I'll be right back with you to teach you how to improve that amazing memory. I'll be right back. You know, I get asked a lot of questions all the time, whether it's something, you know, on online, whether it's social media or face to face. And the question I've been asked a lot lately is, Joseph, when are you going to do something live again? Because I haven't done anything live in, in some time. And uh, so we, my team and I sat down and thought about it. So we put together an event. And I'm happy to announce to you that on October the 29th through the 30th, 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada, we're doing a live event called the Further faster conference and this conference is going to be centered around your finances how to make more money said differently now obviously we talk about wealthy being healthy happy and financially abundant but this one's going to be around that because that is a subject that people should be talking about and doing something about right now i'm going to bring some amazing guests some of my mentors that are going to going to give you some of their wisdom as well as well as i'm going to teach you my signature methodology of putting a million dollars in your pocket in 10 years or less it'll blow you away it is absolutely doable for everybody so put that in your calendar and more specifically go to neuroencoding.com forward slash ffc it'll be in the description here you'll be able to see it go there get your questions answered it's going to be a small intimate event so it's first come first serve it will sell out and i look forward to seeing you in there and remember life is exactly what you dare to make it fortune favors the bold boldly step up and i'll see you in las vegas You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you are and you should be chomping at the bit going, Joseph, tell me how to improve my memory because hopefully I have stimulated something in you that made you go, well, yeah, these things that, that you just talked about, yeah, they're going on inside of me and I could use a better memory than I have. In the rare case, you may be saying, Joseph, my memory is way better than yours. And in that case, 
then I'm going to encourage you to do what I do and share what it is. Because, and that's a great segue into what I wanted to talk about. Again, going back on what your memory is, is stored information. And that information is three different things. Number one, it's knowledge. Well, you can look at that as data. You can look at that as information, whether it's something that is written or, or whatever that's data. But knowledge, as I started off at the top of the uh, podcast here, knowledge is not useful unless you do something with it. Knowledge is just stored information. The next step, uh, next level is what we call wisdom. Wisdom is the, the ability to not just retrieve that knowledge that you have, you learn something, but the ability to disseminate that, i.e. teach to somebody, regurgitate what you said, talk about it, whatever. Then you have wisdom because you can talk about it. See, if you have knowledge and you're silent about it, so what? That's just, you know, your, your phone has knowledge. Unless you turn it on, then it's not going to uh, be useful. So wisdom is the ability to disseminate that information, to talk about it, to share it with other people, to teach it with other people as well. The third step, this third type of knowledge is that what I call activity. An activity is the ability to take that knowledge and do something with it. And that is, the, in my opinion, without that third one, the first two, not useless, but it's not going to help you go, wait for it, further, faster. And so unless you do something with it, unless you take action, and by the way, action is different than activity. Action is doing something once or twice or three or four times, maybe 10 times. Activity is, and, and by the way, you're going to get some result but it's limited. If I tell you to go to the gym and lift the weight 10 times, that's not going to grow the muscle. What's going to grow that muscle is if you go to the weight every day for the next year and lift it 10 times, you know, three sets or whatever. Activity is doing that action over and over and over again till you surpass your goal. And the same holds true with your memory. And while we were on the break, I was talking to Christian. Uh, I'm just going to call him my director, <laughs> producer of this show here. And he was talking about, uh, you know, he has has memory if he, he, it, that he can't remember people's names, but he does have memory if you he likes movies and he can recall, you know, the actor or the time or something that. And I'm the same way. And we all are, by the way. There's certain things that you have absolute and maybe even photographic memory about. And those are the things that you show interest in. Those are the things that interest you and stimulate you to have emotion about. I'm a musician. I can tell you, you know, throughout my career, throughout my time on this planet, you, you play a song, I can tell you, you know, what progression that song is, who the artist is, you know, all of those things, because I, that's, that's my specialized uh, uh, knowledge, my specialized uh, memory, if you will. Now, just, uh, the reason I say that is because we all have it. We all have it. And so when you, which is going to be one of your assignments, when you determine and you remember what yours is, it will be evidence that you already have a great memory because we do, which by the way, we all have a great memory of the things that we utilize in our lives. You have a great memory about how to drive a car, ride a bicycle, how to write your name, all of those things, but you don't consciously go, oh, let me remember how to do that. It's unconscious in nature because it's stored back there and you have a remembrance. You have a constant connection. We call those neuro associations. You literally have built a highway from the front of your brain to the back of your brain. Those neurons have built a highway. So it's instantaneous. It's unconscious. Well, there's a way of strengthening that, as I said before, through repetition and and or through significant emotional events. And so having said that, let's talk about what to do. First off, your brain, 
every organ, every cell on your body functions the same way. And that is, it is designed to A, keep moving and B, to keep growing. And what I mean by that is this, you were, we were never designed and we were never meant to sit in one place, sedentary and do nothing. Matter of fact, you can go look at the, st the statistics. The decline of health in human beings is goes side by side with the rise of our creature comforts, television and, and driving our cars and you name it, not to mention the food that we eat and all those things and everything. But we were designed to move constantly. Rapid movement, slow movement, and understand this, that we work, there's three different ways that we work. Number one, movement. Our, every cell in our body is designed to, to, to grow according to certain types of movement. Your bones grow strong and stay strong from impact, running, jogging, doing things. You have strong bones. Now, again, this is not discounting your diet and what you put into your body, but its ability to take the nutrients from that food and turn it into what it needs is going gonna to come down to the movement that you make. Our cells and our organs and all of our muscles are designed to move, and specifically, our muscles grow strong and stay strong through stress. You can build a muscle, and by the way, that's rapid stress or pushing against something. And that's the same with our organs as well. And our muscles and organs are designed. The third uh, movement that we need to do is stretching. Stretching out. You know this. You get up in the morning, you're stiff, and then when you get going, you're, you start to stretch out. It doesn't hurt as much. Why do I say that? Because the brain is exactly the same way. And your memory is exactly the same way. Your brain is a muscle. I want you to look at it as a muscle. And it grows, stays strong, and, and, and uh, sorry, it, it grows and stays strong by movement. That's right, movement. And you say, well, Joseph, my brain doesn't move inside there. Yes, it does. We have neurons inside of our brains that are constantly moving. Your brain is not static. It's making connections in and out. There's blood flowing through it all the time. There's, it's it's an, an organ and every cell is dividing and, and, and multiplying and doing all of those things. It's constantly moving. But guess what it's not doing? It's not moving as much when you are sedentary and you're allowing it to just being input with stuff. And so I'm going to give you two things to do that are going, and, and remember, this is through time. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And it is through time. I want you to give yourself time to do it because you got to where you are right now. We all have gotten to where we are right now through the habits that we have. So here's step number one. And that is, I want you to get a book that you have read before, not a movie. I want you to find a book that you have read before. And I want you to reread that book. And what I mean by that is, and I'll give you an example, and I will attribute this to my memory through time. I didn't know I was doing this. I read the book, Think and Grow Rich, every single year, at least once a year, from the time I was 19 years old to the time that I was 35 years old. Now, I can recite some of the things in that book, but here's what happens is when you read that book, and here's the, the, the analogy, or, or here's the, the protocol that I want you to use when you're doing it. When you read the book, now, and, and I want you to read it a couple times. And you read that book, and I only, I only want you to read like, uh, uh, you know, a few pages at a time. As you read that book, when you come across something that you remember, 
Here's what I want you to do. Now, if you're, if you're looking at me, because this is a video podcast as well, I want you to raise your eyebrows up and I want you to go, ah, aha, and put a smile on your face. I know this is silly, but remember, our brain and our bodies are tied together because here's what happens. As soon as your eyebrows go up and as soon as you put a smile on your face, then your brain is going to release dopamine. Yeah, here it comes again. Dopamine and, and endorphins that make you feel good. And your brain is going to move. It's moving right now. It's moving while you're doing this. You're remembering it. And it's going to go, what just happened? And the brain is smart. And it says, I just remembered something. I got a dose of, of, of adrenaline. I got a, 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 I'm sorry, of dopamine. Let's do it again. And so what you're going to be doing is you're actually going, it's just like training a dog. Do it. Give the dog praise, the praise or, or give the dog some sort of treat or some sort of pleasure. The dog goes, this was good. I'll do it again. And your brain will do that as well. So it'll go, oh, right. And it'll start to look. And by the way, you read this for, for you know, a few minutes. You go, aha, that's great. Pat yourself on the back and then move on. The brain doesn't stop because the brain is going to go, that felt good. What else can I remember? And you're going to find yourself thinking and remembering things that you haven't thought about for a long time. The second thing that I want you to do is Put down the phone and put down the television. Allow yourself, I, you know, I, I call it uh, uh, digital detoxing. Allow yourself time during the day where nothing else is going on. Listen, there are people, and I know I've been guilty of this as well, is I, I've had a television on or I've had something going on, uh, uh, you know, just as white noise in the back. But listen, a lot of people can't go to the toilet without pick, bringing their phone with you. Shut that down. Those are the two things that I want you to do that will improve your memory. And then as you recognize that, A, it's got better, every time you remember something, you're going to get in the habit of going, oh, I remembered. Oh, I remembered. Every time those eyebrows go up, every time you recognize that you've memoried, you remember, you've remembered something, your brain is going to dump that dopamine into you. Your brain is going to go, that felt good. Let me do it again. This simple exercise. I've had people doing this for years and years. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, we have comments in here. Please comment and let us know how your memory has improved. Because what you'll start to notice is that, hey, my memory isn't bad at all. As a matter of fact, it's good. And I'm here to tell you that just the fact that you you are walking upright on this planet and on your this side of the dirt means that there's still hope for you. <laughs> if there's hope for me, there's hope for you. Now, let me say one other thing, and that is to improve your short-term memory is really simple. And that is this, when you hear something like, for instance, Christian and I were talking about this as well. When somebody says their name and you don't remember what their name was five minutes ago, from that, from then, is what you do is when they say your name, you say it to yourself and in your mind, you know, there's different ways you say it to yourself, you make a picture of their face or whatever, you say it to yourself. And maybe you even say it out loud. Well, Bob, that's really nice to meet you. I'm Joseph. And then you use their name several times in the conversation that you're doing it. And what happens is, first off, they like it. Everybody likes the, the name, the, the, the sound of their own name. But you start to move it through repetition into your unconscious mind. Visual and auditory. See it, say it, see it, say it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very simple process, oversimplified simplified process of you being able to improve your memory. And remember this. <laughs> life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I am Joseph McClendon III. This has been the Further Faster Podcast. I look forward to serving you again. And get out there and teach it. Become wise. I'll see you at the top.
This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.